And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. All right, hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. JT with you. We are covering the breaking news. The severe car accident, the serious car accident, Tiger Woods was in early this morning past 7 a.m. He was removed by the jaws of life, and he is in surgery reportedly with multiple leg injuries that are very serious in nature. So Tiger Woods was in a serious car accident in Rancho Palos Verdes, California. Uh, There is no need to speculate, but there is obviously a lot of speculation. What was happening to him? How could he get into such an accident, such a severe accident in a neighborhood, in an exclusive neighborhood where he wasn't on a freeway, where the speeds should not be significant at that time? Was there an animal involved where he steered away from an animal? We have no idea. But the car accident is very serious, totaled the vehicle, and he had to be taken out with the jaws of life. Tiger Woods in the past has been involved in multiple Uh, car issues not so much accidents he was pulled over for DUI outside Jupiter Florida where he was under the influence of alcohol and multiple drugs in his system he was in a serious car accident before when you look at Tiger Woods he's had a significant history of car accidents but this is a very serious one thank God he was the only person in the vehicle it completely rolled over on the side of the road And the fact that he had to be removed by the jaws of life with leg injuries shows the severity of this news story. So we pray for Tiger Woods. We hope he's going to be okay. The injuries do not seem to be life-threatening, as that was reported, but still in surgery, suffering multiple leg injuries. Now, I I spoke about Tiger on Sunday night when I was doing my SiriusXM show. And it was about the fact that he didn't look like he was right with his back injuries to play in the upcoming Masters. He decided to stay back after the Genesis tournament because he lives in Florida. And he was doing a video shoot for a golf promo with David Spade, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Dwayne Wade. That was yesterday. Those celebrities put those videos of their golf lesson on social media. So the golf tournament was Sunday. He gave out the award to the winner. Then Monday, he was doing a promotional event. And then Tuesday morning, I don't know if, he's, if he was ready to get, go to the airport at that time, playing golf as everybody's reporting on it. I think all that matters now is that he's okay, he's alive. And hopefully, he'll be able to walk again. Hopefully, the leg injuries, he's having surgery, he'll be okay. Very difficult story today. We changed gears. Mark Maskey, kind enough to join us, the great NFL reporter for the Washington Post. Mark, let's jump in. Let's get your big picture on the quarterback carousel. As every team from Washington to Houston, we saw the big move with Stafford to L.A. and Goff to Detroit. And how many moves do you think are left at the quarterback position this offseason? You know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously the big one that everyone's waiting to see what will happen is if, you know, Houston relents on his position and actually uh, is willing to make a deal with Deshaun Watson or if Houston receives an offer that simply cannot refuse for Deshaun Watson. My inclination is no, that, that, that he stays in there and we get into this kind of summer-long stare-down. You know, is he going to show up? 
uh, is this going to be reconciled? That's my guess. But again, if someone comes through and, you know, even if Houston says they are soliciting offers, they aren't uh, receiving offers, and that doesn't stop someone from making an offer, an overwhelming offer that Houston cannot refuse. So that's obviously the interesting one. That's obviously the one that everyone will follow. Uh, and everything else will come up to that. Now, whether, you know, Derek Carr gets traded, as Sam Darnold gets traded, you know, all these teams and all these moving parts, you know, you have to, to watch the veteran guys, obviously, but then you have to look at the draft slot. You know, there's going to be a very good first round with, with five, five quarterbacks going in, in the first round. So those teams, I mean, you don't need to fill your quarterback position twice. So it's going to be a very interesting offseason. You know, there's a lot of dominoes to fall, a lot of things that, that, that could happen. My guess is that less will happen than people expect, but it all begins, sort of begins and ends with Deshaun Watson and whether he stays in Houston or not. Mark Matsky is our guest. So, yeah, Deshaun's being really quiet about it. A lot of people it raised eyeballs when he went to Miami where he has a, fa- a home and he hung out with former Clemson teammates. I think Carolina is trying to clear the deck chairs and their cap space to make a move for him. The Jets have the most pieces, I think, draft equity to get back to Houston. But it comes down to that no-trade clause. And with that no-trade clause, it would be his decision. But I'm sensing it's got to get uglier from his part. He's got to be more vocal if he wants to get out of there. Why do you think he's been so quiet so long? Is he playing the long game? You know, I mean, he, he's just a guy that, that that's not really in his nature. He's he's not a guy who's going to, to rock the boat in that way. Now, obviously, he his his thoughts and feelings have gotten out there. He find found a way for those to come into the public realm. He's made his, his trade request without himself coming out and saying that, that that you know, yes, I've made this trade request. But again, when you have a player of that caliber and you're the Texans and you're trying to start over, you know. You, in some way, hold the cards. Now, it's difficult to make a player play for you who doesn't want to play for you. You can't make him show up. But as long as he's under contract for you, you know, you can take this hardline stance and say, you know, you either play for us or you play for no one. Now, that, that ultimately, that could be a stance that sinks both the player's career in the short term, at least, and then in many ways sinks your franchise. But you do hold that card. You, you can play, you know, the waiting game, the long game in that way. It's a long time from now until the opening of the NFL season. If I'm the Texans, I certainly don't jump into anything now. It doesn't matter how great the offers are. In my mind, I wait it out. I see if things are different come June or July, and then maybe I would consider it. But, but, you know, no matter what you get back, unless you get a great quarterback in return, somewhere you still have to find a way to get a great quarterback. And that's not that easy to do, even if you get – three first-rounders, are you going to be able to turn one of those first-rounders into a great quarterback because you can't get it done in this league without a great quarterback? You now have one. I would be very, very, very reluctant to part with him if I were the Texans. I would play the waiting game. I would let it play out. I certainly wouldn't do anything sooner rather than later, and I might not even do anything later no matter what Deshaun Watson's stance is. Mark Maskey covers the NFL for the Washington Post. You just nailed that perfectly because you could have three first-round picks, and that doesn't mean you're going to get an elite quarterback. And Deshaun Watson's one of those guys where they hit a home run with him, and they know it could be a decade, it could be two decades before they get a player that could have that type of impact. But there seems to be an impasse, and I'm sensing there's a bit of an impasse in Seattle 
with Russell Wilson. He was chirping a bit. He went on a media tour. It got everybody ruffled up in Seattle. Do you think that'll calm down as he wants more power within the organization? And do you think the Seahawks will give it to him? You know, I do think that one will calm down because we haven't gotten to the point yet where we've seen any indication where, where Russell Wilson saying, you know, he has said, you know, obviously, you know, these are problems, the issues with the offensive line, issues with the way I've been protected, issues with the number of hits I've taken, but he has not taken that next step to say, those are such big issues that they can't be overcome, and I don't want to be here anymore. You need to trade me. Now, certainly we can all see it reaching that point. Uh, you know, we can see it coming to the point where it does reach that, but, but it hasn't reached that yet. You know, you know and, and given the, the longstanding relationship there, with a lot of success, you know, this is a franchise that has done a lot of great things with him as his quarterback. Given the long-standing relationships with Pete Carroll and John Schneider, you would think that this one gets repaired before it ever gets to that point. I'm not saying it can't, but 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 with the way that franchise is run, with the success that, that, that these people have had together as a group, my guess is that that one gets repaired. Repaired at some point, they sit down and say, "Okay, how do we make this right? How do we make you happy?" How do we you know, move forward in a way that helps all of us? I would think that that happens there, yes. Mark Maskey, The Washington Post. So you made big news with your column yesterday on NFL owners working to implement the 17-game schedule for 2021 plus three preseason games. Really important to me. I make my living also in the preseason. I love preseason games. I think we need to have them, especially coming off COVID, to get fans comfortable going back to stadiums. Tell me about your reporting on this 17-game schedule. What do you know? Well, you know, people may remember this goes all the way back to last year, in March of last year, where the new collective bargaining agreement was done between the league and the NFL Players Association. And as part of that, these are the owners in the league. They have authority to at some point over the next three years start a 17-game season. In some ways, they almost have to do it because there was an economic trade-off made in this. The players got a larger percentage of the revenues under the salary cap in exchange for this 17 thing. So at some point, the owners will put a 17-game season into effect. The only question is whether that starts this fall in 2021. You know, from what everyone seems to believe right now, that will be the case. You will see a 17-game season go into effect in 2021. That will sort of come as part of the negotiations on the new TV deals that, that, the, that the league and the owners hope to finish over the next three or four weeks here. So that will be in place. Along with that comes a corresponding reduction in the preseason. Now, some people would think that that still could be two games. From what I'm told, it probably will be three games. So you'll keep it 20 total. You'll have 17-3 and three instead of 16-4. It's, you know... That still could change. It still could sort of fall apart. It still could slide back by a year. But I think clearly the expectation right now is that in finishing the TV deals, you will see a 17-game season that begins in 2021. Mark Maskey, as we wrap it up from the Washington Post, in regards to the television deals being negotiated, I've been doing this over 20 years, and I said eventually the the television network's got to push back a bit. And it seems like ESPN, ABC is willing to do that as they don't have playoff games other than one, and they're not getting Super Bowls. When they're not going to say, no, you can't continue doubling this number and expect us to pay for this. And with the streaming companies such as Amazon coming in and Facebook, they have bigger numbers and bigger money than some of these television networks. So should the league expect that the streaming partners – 
and these TV networks are going to continue to pay whatever they ask them for without any pushback? You know, I, I, I think you made all the relevant points there. Number one, yes, you would expect that to happen at some point. But then when you look at the numbers, uh, while the viewership of the Super Bowl wasn't great, you know, the, the, the ratings throughout the season were, were, were very good. NFL football is still the, 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 by far the number one commodity in broadcast television. So the NFL seems to continue to be able to set its price, to get its asking price. Now Disney is the one entity that seems to be pushing back in terms of all the other packages. It seems like they will maybe double or at least close to double. And what the NFL was getting, Disney seems to be pushing back. And when you sort of look at what Disney and ESPN were getting for their money the last time around, you know, you, you, you were not getting, number one, it seemed like a package of games that was on par with the Sunday night game. You were not getting the ability to flex out of it. You were not getting sort of the same consideration for the postseason. So, yes, there should be reasons for Disney to balk and for, to say, wait a second, if we're paying this and we're going to pay, you know, really more than anyone else, we need to get more for our money. Uh, and then, and then you know, in the larger picture, is it worth? At what point does it no longer become worth the money if you're talking about an increase of 75 to 100 percent? Yeah, I think Disney is the one entity that's, that's sort of rethinking this, that's, that's playing hardball. to a difficult negotiation, but in terms of every other negotiation, it certainly looks like NFL is going to get a significant increase somewhere in the range of 70 to 100 percent. So NFL is going to be doing very, very well in this next round of TV deals. Great to talk to you, Mark. Great reporting. Really appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, as always. You got it. Mark Maskey, NFL reporter for the Washington Post. He broke the big story yesterday. That's why we booked him for today. On this 17-game schedule with three preseason games, that's his reporting on this story, and it's a big one. I like the preseason. I'm not one of these guys saying blow up the preseason. I've never been that guy. It's important. If you talk to coaches like Belichick and Gruden and Andy Reid all around the league, they need preseason games to set their roster. You've got to have practice games. You've got guys who are drafted, and you have undrafted NFL players that need to prove that they can play in preseason games. We're not asking you to play your quarterback for three quarters, but it's nice when, well, let's say the Raiders open up against Baltimore. Baltimore's on the schedule this year. It's Lamar Jackson versus Derek Carr. Week one, primetime game, say they give it Monday night football because the Raiders got royally screwed. Their schedule year one was brilliant. Four primetime games. It was a national schedule, all because they opened up the stadium. That's gone. No fans got in. So the schedule this year, in my opinion, is not as great as it was last year. How could it be? You had Drew Brees and Tom Brady on the schedule. You don't this year. So this year, Lamar Jackson is a big game. So I would hope that they'd make that a primetime game because Baltimore is really good. So say it's Carr versus Lamar Jackson. Week two, Raiders open up on the road. Week one, week two is the home opener. Don't you want Derek Carr to play in the preseason to be ready for Lamar Jackson? How do you not want Derek Carr to play a half or two halves in the preseason? Now, other people can completely disagree. JT doesn't need to play. He's a veteran. He's fine. He can only get hurt. Give me a break. He could get hurt in week three, week 11, week nine. You don't predict injuries. So I want to see preseason games. I want to see the rookies play. Let me throw another one out to you, Raider Nation. You don't want to see Damon Arnett play three games in a row? 
I'd have Damon Arnett and John Abram play every play of every preseason game. You, you really want to see John Abram with a baseball cap on backwards on the sideline not playing preseason football against the Rams or a good team like that? Of course you want to see him play. He needs the reps. The guy played 30 minutes year one, then last year was put out there and was burned multiple times. How do you expect Trayvon Mullen, Abram, and especially Arnett to get better if you wipe out the preseason and they only play in one game? If you're going to play one game, don't play the preseason. Just go to the regular season. So I'm all for three games. It's good for the economy. It opens up bars and restaurants in Vegas. It gets people to fly in from other cities, and it gets our economy going. I'm a huge fan of the preseason. Keep it going. Stop messing with football. Now with that 17th game, the owners want to make a little bit more money back and have that extra game. I have no problem with that. And the players will make more money. I have no problem with that. If you want to load manage the players and not have them play all 17 games and sit out an extra game or two, figure it out on the schedule. They do that with Kawhi Leonard. They do it with all these NBA players. Every night I watch an NBA game, I never know if Durant's going to play. I never know when Kevin Durant's going to play. Never, no idea. So same thing with the NFL. Play, give me three preseason games, 17 games, and let the coaches and players figure out if they're going to play or not. Thanks to Mark Maskey who joins us. Let me give you an update According to Golf Digest, Tiger Woods suffered multiple leg injuries and he still remains in surgery in Southern California for his rollover single car accident. Uh, There will be more and more reporting on Tiger Woods. He's got a son and a daughter. I think we all need to respect that. We need to talk about that. And again, I've been on for an hour and 17 minutes with a lot of guests, but we'd like to get some positive Tiger Woods phone calls in here. We got people listening on the Raiders stream. And on 920 a.m., and this is a good day to call in on something positive with Tiger. You're pulling for Tiger. You're hoping the best for Tiger. 702-365-9200. Multiple leg injuries for a golfer. And we remember when Ben Hogan, if you're not that old enough to remember, go back and Google it. Ben Hogan got in a very serious car accident and came back and was able to continue his outstanding career. So Ben Hogan got in a serious car accident, was still ever able to play. Tiger Woods suffers multiple leg injuries today. We don't know his condition. All we know is that it's not life-threatening, and that's a good sign. Think of Tiger's son, Charlie, who we just saw him play golf with recently. It was fabulous. Think of his daughter, Sam. And those are the people we should be thinking of. A lot of people are going back and forth on the Internet wondering if he was stoned on pills, if he was drinking the night before. That is completely reprehensible to me. That is completely out of control to me. And that's going to be the speculation that we're dealing with going forward. Bill Williamson's going to join us, the Raider insider, who knows the team very well. I'll talk to him. This is one of the guys I talk to, and we put him on the show uh, multiple times because he's got great information. And Bill knows the team, knows the coaches, knows everybody over his career. So Bill Williamson from SB Nation coming up on the Raiders and their priorities this offseason, what they need to do and what they'll probably pass on coming up next.
do you think you're going to get another chance with him to do this? And, and what's the future hold? I sure as hell hope so. Guys, the MVP of this league, he is the heart and soul of our football team. So, hell yeah, he better be back here. He's our leader. Uh, LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers on Aaron Rodgers, was a name involved in the quarterback carousel, now completely quiet. We're covering the breaking news of the Tiger Woods car accident. He's in the hospital with multiple moderate to critical injuries, multiple leg injuries. He's in surgery as we speak. Tiger Woods injured after his car flipped in a single car crash in the Rancho Palos Verdes area on a quiet road in a gorgeous neighborhood. How could this happen? More reporting coming up. Bill Williamson is one of the most respected NFL Raider insiders out there, and we have him on often. Uh, Bill, good to talk to you, and wanted to get you on because you get really good information, and you don't buy into a lot of the speculation. Is there less speculation this offseason than there was last year? As far as... Everything. Yeah, yeah, car car especially grew and just a lot of chatter behind the scenes of trades and blockbusters because this year we still have Deshaun Watson out there and that seems to be providing a little chirping with the Raider Nation. Yeah, you know, and then the Aaron Rodgers as soon as, you know, his season is over, the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I think in reality, revolving the Raiders and in particular Derek Carr, that it is quiet this year and i think we all need it you know i mean this is because i mean if it's nonsense it's nonsense and if it's real it's real but this is john Gruden's fourth offseason back and the last two there's been heavy talk that you know the raiders are looking to replace car and the raiders added fuel to that by you know going to top draft pick workouts um so you know they they did kind of stir that pot but they're doing their due diligence this year, after Carr had a nice year, I, I think nice year for starters is a really good year. And so, okay, maybe this will be quiet. But then the Deshaun Watson stuff comes, and then the Russell Wilson stuff comes, and the Raiders keep being pointed to, you know, maybe, hey, maybe they'll trade Carr and turn that into a package for either Wilson or Watson. And I, you know, honestly, unless Derek Carr becomes an elite quarterback, I think we're always going to have to listen to these things in the offseason that. You know, John Gruden is always looking, has that wandering eye, is always looking for that next quarterback, whether it's true or not. Bill Williamson's our guest. Talk to me about what you know about the status of Carr's contract. Would it be right to do an extension now, which would help the team cap-wise, or the fact that they paid the majority of his upfront money and he cashed so many checks that the Raiders have leverage in this situation playing this out next year? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. There's, there's pros and cons um, for the Raiders to do it now or to wait. I mean, do you wait one more year and see if, if he truly is, you know, locked into that Gruden offense? Because, I mean, he's turning 30 next month. So, I mean, if you, pay, if you pay him now, you're paying well into his 30s now. So do you want more time? And they're in, in, in reality, they have time. They, they you know, they have 24 months, but I would think that's likely, I don't know. I mean, sometimes things don't, because they can get cap, excuse me, they can't get cap relief now, so maybe you do it now, or there's no real rush to do it next year. So, I mean, the kind of, uh, you know, the, the end answer to that is 
let's wait and see, and I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen this offseason, and I won't be surprised if it does happen. You know, it's interesting to me, Bill, there's going to be five quarterbacks in the first round, so yeah. other than Trevor Lawrence and maybe Justin Fields, I wouldn't do anything crazy, but when John Gruden saw Kyler Murray, then there was Lamar Jackson, who no one knew he was going to be that good, last pick of the first round. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes, where a lot of teams passed on him. It's at the point now where unless there is a super elite Trevor Lawrence coming next year or the year after that, I think that benefits Derek Carr. Because John Gruden, I don't think, wants to go back and break in a rookie that has no understanding for the pro game and have to build him up. That could take two or three years. And there aren't many young quarterbacks who have been playing lesser years than Carr who are going to be coming up in free agency where John Gruden really can put his focus on. I think Carr's in a really good situation at this point, just my opinion, with job security if he keeps playing at this level. I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's, um, I think it's kind of a waste of the Raiders' time to look for his replacement right now. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to find even an average quarterback. And Derek Carr is a better than average quarterback. Um, so he may not be the guy, you know, you can see people talk, hey, you know, Carr's like Garoppolo and he's like Goff. You know, if, if you surround him by the right things and the right things happen, they, they can help you win a lot of games. But if you, they, they can't carry you. And maybe there's some truth to that. Um, but you know what? That bridge to the elite is, is really far. So, just get the team as good as it can around him, and I think good things can happen. Bill Williamson's our guest, SB Nation, longtime Raider insider. So, Bill, here's the most frustrating thing for me. I believe that the Raiders have some players on defense that I would get off of right now and not so much get rid of, but just I'm done with them as guys that are going to just be locked-in starters. When I look at Arnett and Jonathan Abram, I, I'm a Mullen guy. I like Mullen, but I know they need another safety. I know they need another defensive tackle. But then I start doing the math, and I say to myself, wait, Cleveland Farrell's going nowhere. Max deserves to be here. They just got Littleton and Kwiatkowski. That's four total. They're going to get back. If you don't touch Arnett, five, Abram, six, seven with Mullen, that's seven players out of 11 on defense, I'm looking around going, where's the turnover going to be if all these guys are coming back, even the players that have underachieved? doesn't seem like there's a lot of room to bring in six or seven new defensive starters. And then you put in uh, Carl Nesbitt and his guaranteed money. You know, where are you going to get – how are you going to replace him and get a better, you know, a, a boom, a pass rush guy? Yeah, you're right. There's um, – if, if, if Abram – and Arnett don't hit, and we'll know in a year or so, and if the two linebackers who they paid money for last year don't make big impacts, they got problems on Devin because you can't just go out and replace these guys in the NFL. You know, you, they made they, they picked these guys high. They picked those, those DBs in the first round. They paid real money to those linebackers. They paid big money to Nesbitt. They picked number, uh, Farrell at number four. So if all those guys just are guys, and let's face it, they were just guys last year, they have a problem because you just don't replace them, and, and it's going to take a long time to get to make up for those mistakes. So critical year coming up for all those guys we just mentioned. 
What do you think is going to be the goal of Mayock and Gruden going out here? Do you think it's going to be secure and hold on to all the draft picks or try to put together a trade with Marcus Mariota, get a piece back, and then go all in on a big defensive player? I personally believe they have to get a star defensive player in a trade if they can or get Yannick Ngakwe, get an edge rusher in free agency and clear more cap space so they can afford to bring him in. Yeah, I mean, a couple ways to answer that is I, I agree with you going getting yourself. They need a star. They need an impact guy, right? They, they need a, a guy who changes the defense. Um, so you're probably not going to get that at 17. You might, but odds are and history says that you probably won't. So, yeah, get up high. You know, they had five first-round draft picks in the last two years, and that what was supposed to happen there, you hit on those guys, and now you now you can take some chances. You can roll the dice a little bit and trade up and, and get another stud. Um, those those five draft picks have to not, you know, Josh uh, Jacobs excluded, of course. Those guys got to really show that they're worth the pick, and if they can get a stud, I think you try to. Um, what does that mean? I don't know. If, if the top defensive, you know, pass rusher is going to go 12 or, 12 or 13, you try to get up to 12 or 13 from 17. You know, and as far as a guy like Yannick, you know, it's interesting that you said his name because he's been connected to the Raiders for a long time. But he's a guy that was on three football teams last year. Yeah. And, and teams and, and scouts, they, they that's that can be a, a kind of a negative. And folks that I've talked to think that he may be fool's gold, that he's probably going to get paid a lot of money in free agency. But there's not always the – you don't always see it on film. And if a guy's going to get paid, you may see it even less. And that's not the pick on guy. That's just what you know. some folks have told me. And if you look at his stats from last year, last couple of years, they haven't been great. Um, I don't think the Raiders need a guy who gets eight sacks. The Raiders need a guy who can get 14 sacks. So if this if he comes cheap, yeah, I like that pickup, but not to spend a ton of money. Because they're really not going to have a ton of money to spend. Bill Williamson, what a great deep conversation. This is what I like why well, I like that Bill on. You can get everything on the Raiders in one interview. All right, what about Trent Brown? I, I was really disappointed with everything with Trent Brown last year, other than the Kansas City Road win when he came back. But other than that, have we seen enough from him? Or is there a chance the Raiders can renegotiate, get him at a cheaper price and keep him happy? I don't have confidence that he'll be happy here. Yeah, I mean, look, at he's, uh, you know, at the end of the season, John Gruden said we paid him to be the uh, LeBron James of right tackles, and it hasn't happened. He's played 16 of 32 games. He played five last season. I think that there's people in the organization that are wondering what they'd get if they keep him. Talk about a, a, a redo. You know, he seems – I don't know if he's going to – I think he's going to say, you know what, if you don't want to give me what I'm owed this year, just cut me and I'll, I'll get – I'll get it elsewhere. I think he thinks he's an elite uh, tackle. He's shown that he is. He has a lot of confidence. His agent is Drew Rosenhaus, who is confident in his abilities. So they might say, hey, let's just go get go out to the open market. We won't take a pay uh, restructure if that's what the Raiders are going to do. So, And then if the Raiders do that, sure, they get cap relief, which will help elsewhere. But then you have a right tackle problem. You know, this guy is an elite player when he's on the field. Yeah. Now you got to fill that problem. And you can say, well, they had to do that 11 times last year anyways, and they paid all the money. So it's a really interesting dilemma. 
Um, if I was making the decision, I'd probably go one more year with them because they can swing. They can pay him, you know, and you do, and you just hope that he rebounds and, and is on the field for 16 games. All right, Bill, leave us with something big. What's the, what, what's the next big thing that you're keeping an eye on for the Raiders that really think could change this offseason in a positive? Wow. Um, you know, I just I think that, you know, I think Trent Brown is, is the one that we look at. I think that's the biggest news that we're see what happens. I don't know if there's going to be an, a huge thing. I want to see what kind of cap room they have. But I do know this. John Gruden loves splash guys. You know, in that interview he did with Collins Griffin and Richard Sherman, he said, you, you know, you're an alpha. He uses that term a lot. He wants an alpha. So, you know, it was two years ago. It was Antonio Brown. It didn't work out. Well, my point is he's going to try to make splashes. So it won't be a boring offseason. Thank you, Bill. Great catching up with you. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. So when, whenever there's breaking news and you got it, we love having you on. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you, JT. All right, Bill Williamson. That is really good. That's exactly why we want Bill on. Every couple of weeks, he's one of our main insiders when we, you know, we were part of helping and being a part of this lineup, we wanted to have the best Raider insiders on. If it's Paul Gutierrez, if it's Vic Tafer, whoever it is who's got Raider content that's really good inside the building or outside the building, we want to get them on for you. And Bill's one of those guys that I instantly saw from all the years of seeing him in Oakland, knew that he would have good information. He talks to a lot of people. So he get what I said about Yannick Ngakwe, and he said, hey, JD, I don't know about him. He, he might not be the player you think he is. I respect what Bill said. You know, instead of getting an eight-sack guy, you maybe get it looking for a 14-sack guy. Well, eight sacks from Ngakwe and eight sacks from Crosby are 10. That's a big number. The Raiders need sack guys and guys who can get to the quarterback. They have big engines, and Max Crosby is one of those guys. And when it comes to Trent Brown, I've never said Trent Brown's not a great player. I think he's a fa- fabulous player. I don't know about his passion to win and play. I mean, he came from the successful Patriots organization. He comes to the Raiders. He didn't bring that Patriot way to the Raiders. He did not. Now, when he gets injured, and he was injured, we backed off and said, hey, the guy's hurt. He can't play. But I've talked to people on and off the record inside the organization on him, and they're not sold on him. So that you got to find a way to get more out of him. And how do we know if you're going to get more out of Trent Brown? He's going to tell you, sure, he wants to get paid. So he's going to tell you everything right. But what happens if he comes back again and says, man, I just got all this guaranteed money. Now I don't have to play every game. I'm good. If I'm not feeling right, if I feel like my calf is a little bit tweaked, I'll be gone for a month. Raiders can't have any of that. I just saw a video of Damon Arnett working out that someone sent to me via Twitter. And he's working out with weights and he's running and all that. Damon Arnett, Jonathan Abram have to have a massive offseason. They have to be around the Henderson facility. When they're allowed in the building, they've got to be the first guys in and the last ones to leave. They've got to put on more muscle mass. They've got to learn. They've got to talk to the legends like Mike Haynes. I've said this before. I said it on NFL radio. If you're Damon Arnett, you, you go to San Diego and you rent yourself a hotel room and you call Eric Allen, who I have his number, you call Mike Haynes, I have his number, and say, hey, guys, I'm going down to the park today. I'm going to be working out outside. Can Mike Haynes and Eric Allen come down and watch me for an hour or two, see what I can do? Can I take you guys to lunch? 
Can I take your guys to lunch and talk to you about how to be a pro, how to be great Raiders? If they don't want to do that, no one can make them do it. That's what has to happen. Perfect segue into wishing my mentor, my good friend, and someone who's changed my life in a better way, Fred Bolitnikoff, a happy birthday today. Happy birthday to the great Fred Bolitnikoff, one of the most important Raiders of all time, NFL legends of all time. The college football highest honor for a receiver is the Bolitnikoff Award because Fred was brilliant at Florida State. He's a brilliant father and a husband, and we love Fred Bolitnikoff. We don't like him. We love Fred Bolitnikoff. His jersey and helmet hang in my house. I see it every day, and I'm fortunate enough to be on the phone with him almost every day. Love Freddie B. Please, everybody, wish Fred Bolitnikoff on social media today or on Facebook or go buy his wine. He's got a new a wine available, a white and a red, which is fantastic. Uh, you could go check that out via Facebook if you go to the Bolitnikoff page there. You'll see all of that. Wow, what a day. We're hoping for some good news with Tiger Woods. My guy at TMZ just got back to me. He says, yo, JT, I'll let you know when we get anything. We're working on a few really solid leads. TMZ is by far the best in the business of breaking news like this, especially when the news isn't good. They're the most accurate reporters out there, and they'll have something, I'm sure, in the next couple hours on Tiger's accident. Still in the zone, however. Right side, Graves fires. Blockers save Flurry up into the air. Handled by Stone. Sends a bouncer to the line, not out. A shot from Byram save. Rebound out in front. Side shooting. Toe save. Flurry reaching out with the right leg. It's out of the zone. Near boards. Cut off by Timmons in his own line. Oh, Dan Duber on the call. So, as you know, I work nights 7 to 10 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. So, when they're... When there's a game on, like the Golden Knights, the biggest perk that I have, or even when there's a LeBron game on, is that I get to do a radio show and watch these games live and report on them. And most of the time, nothing happens. You know, there's a game, someone wins, someone loses. But last night, Marc-Andre Fleury was in the absolute zone. He was just so locked in. And some of the saves were ridiculous. I mean, you might see a goalie make a save like Fleury made, you know, once a week or once or twice a month, and Fleury made four or five of them in the same game against an elite team. So now, as we are the Raider Nation radio affiliate, but we cover hockey in this town, we got a great developing story. We got a hockey team that's good enough to win the Stanley Cup, and we got to cover this story, and we got to get all in, and we got to go balls out on it, and we got to talk about it, and we got to make it vibrant again. Some days I get on the radio here every day and I try to connect with everybody I possibly can. From Raiders with good interviews. We had four good interviews today talking about the Golden Knights and we got to do a better job. This is too big of a story what the Knights are doing. The Raiders are going to do big things in the offseason. That's going to come. But with the Golden Knights and us being in Vegas and me being a sports talk host, we've got to do a better job covering this team on this station. Because this station does as good a job, if not a better job, than covering hockey than any station in town. And for the hockey fans here, i got to bring them back from where they were. And they knew where I were every day and let you know that even if you're a Raider fan in Northern California, you're streaming in Virginia, or if you're listening in Florida, we got a potential great story here 
with a hockey team that has a chance to win the cup and is just going to open up T-Mobile for fans. We didn't get into that story that much today, but I'm very excited about the fact that this is small steps. When you hear that term, baby steps, this is what's going to happen in Vegas, and I predicted this well in advance. I told you in order to get Allegiant Stadium sold out and to get the Garth Brooks concert and a heavyweight fight in a UFC event sold out with no restrictions, we need the help of Bill Foley and the hockey team. Mark Davis now, the owner of the Aces. We need the help of NASCAR to make sure that if they're opening up their doors, everything goes well, and we're pulling for them. And after they open up their doors and they let us in and everything goes right, that we start pushing the governor or pushing on social media that, hey, that event that went great last weekend, why not extend it and open it up to 20% more? Does that make sense? Oh, what, are we, what are we supposed to do, wake up one morning and the governor's going to say, hey, we're going from 20% to 80%? It's not going to happen. It's going to have to go from 20 to 30 to 50 to 70 to 100. So we should be pulling for everybody in this community. If you want to get back to the Thomas and Mac and see a packed UNLV game eventually, you're going to have to see other things open up and for those crowds to increase. If you want to see a concert at full capacity at T-Mobile, you're going to have to see a concert first at the Brooklyn Bowl or one of these smaller theaters at full capacity so everybody's comfortable with it. This is the next, next big topic in all sports. Is what, what are we going to, Who are we listening to? I'm not talking about science, politics, where you stand. I'm just talking reality. All it is is going to be people going to events, feeling safe, and then going back the next week, allowing more friends to go. It's that simple. And we need this to start at some point. And just give me more rules. You want me to wear two masks to go to a hockey game? I'll wear two. You want me to go an hour early and show you something on my phone that I don't have COVID? I'll do that. But you got to start letting me know what we're going to do because I'm in the business of sports talk radio. And I need people to start going to games so when they're listening, they're more excited about sports than maybe watching or not watching every night. So it is frustrating. Because we're coming up, for me, on the one-year anniversary of COVID. For me, it was March 12th when the Pac-12 was canceled. And we're sitting there, and this is in a short couple of weeks. So Friday, I'm taking my son to, on a college visit. We're going on a college tour to visit a couple of colleges as he's a senior. And I'm going to be able to go to a college baseball game. I want to see what this is about and report back on it, like I did in Tahoe with the hockey team. Or I'm going to do it a baseball game this weekend. And hopefully have something more positive to talk about so we can go to sold-out games again. Uh, keep it here, and keep it here to uh, all of Lotus Broadcasting on the LB Sports Network to find the updates on Tiger Woods. Hopefully Tiger Woods gets out of surgery here pretty quickly and we get an update on the status of his lower body and his legs after that very serious single-car car accident earlier today in Rancho Palos Verdes. Pray for Tiger Woods. Let's hope for some great news. Bobby, great show today. Way to put it together. And we'll come back and do it again tomorrow. With what? I have no bleeping idea. We're just going to do it. We're going to bring great energy and hope to hear from you. And we thank all of our partners, our sponsors, and the great listeners of Raider Nation Radio. Have a good day, you guys.